Welcome to the very first DQP podcast. It's quite an exciting time for myself. First time ever doing any of this, so please bear with us on the very first one. But I hope you enjoy what we're going to talk about today. Um, we're going to be starting with a bit, a bit of background in my business. Um, I'm joined today by a very close friend of mine and a new kind of entry, I guess, a business partner slash a mentor. And Kai has... So, Obviously yeah, I was no, 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 it's fine. Don't, don't worry about it. Since you uh, messed up introducing me in, in the first time we recorded it, I think I'll uh, do it myself. So I'm Kai. Um, I've worked in marketing for probably 15 years or so now. Um, I worked in marketing for uh, a, a number of years and kind of took a step to create my own business from it. Um, so I started a marketing agency. Uh, it grew extremely quickly to the point where we had uh, eight full-time staff. Um, and then I ended up selling the business to my partner and kind of moving into the consultancy realm. Since then, I've set up numerous businesses. Um, I now own uh, three three different businesses currently, uh, ranging from entertainment to photography studios, uh, all sorts of bits and pieces. And now I'm kind of joining Dario with his journey and helping him uh, map out what he's going to be doing um, and sort of just seeing where it goes. I think it's a hugely exciting time for both of us. And there's a lot that we can do. Yeah, absolutely. So I started the project, I guess the DQP project started when I was on the plane to New York this year. I was traveling with my girlfriend. We were going for Christmas. We'd already been a dream. And I was really thinking about how can I start to show people the journey that I've gone through? And that kind of led into this whole project that we're creating between ourselves, me and Kai. And this is basically going to be the journey of an entrepreneur who started a few businesses I, when I started my first business, Cosmic Camper Vans, and then started other businesses. You know, it's in the name of being an entrepreneur and, and started multiple businesses and showing you guys really what is involved in running these businesses day to day. There's a lot of people out there at the moment that are giving these these people these ideas of it's a simple, easy, get rich, quick scheme. And I want to show people the real life situation and what you should expect from running a business because the worst thing that you can possibly happen and i think you agree on this kai is that you hit a wall you hit some kind of problem and you go back to the person who sold you the get rich quick scheme and say you never told me about this you know you never hit this well i want you guys to be able to see my videos once you see my lifestyle and say well actually darry's already been through this how did he tackle that how did he affront that problem? What did he do to overcome that? And I'm guessing also from your your business experience, you've 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 had that kind of oh, absolutely. So there, there's all sorts of things that have gone wrong, things that you don't expect when you're starting a business. And as Dario said, I think there's a lot of people out there that are currently trying to sell these either business courses or you know learn learn to start a social media marketing agency. Um, <laughs> don't, don't we'll get started on that later. Um, it's one of these things where if you're sold into something, believing, I mean, if, if you follow someone based on their lifestyle and they're selling you the concept of, of getting rich like they are, um, but you haven't seen the process of them do it themselves, essentially a lot of the time you'll find that they're literally just getting rich off the back of convincing other people that they can get rich. And it's it's just a vicious circle. And one of the main problems with that, as Dario kind of alluded to, is that if you are sold this dream lifestyle that once you get to the first hurdle of something that's difficult, it's then it's it's not the dream. It's not what you've been sold. And it's it's much more likely that you're going to give up. 
So what we kind of want to do with this is show a real life perspective of what it's like to be an entrepreneur because it's gritty. It's it's not all it's cracked. Well, no, it is all it's cracked up to be, but it's not it's not a, a, gla- a glamorous process. No, absolutely not. And there's countless hours, countless sleepless nights, and things. But overall, you know, if you guys uh, follow us, and and we'll show you that is what that process is. And in the end, it's it's an exciting journey. And I wouldn't change it for the world. And I guess that really ties into uh, the subject of today's podcast, which is how I started Cosmic Camper Vans and how that ties into what Kai is doing with me. Um, so, yeah, we're well, moving on to that part. Uh, Cosmic Camper Vans is my main business. And I started that back in 2017. And the idea behind Cosmic Camper Vans was to bring a bit of a fresh start towards the camper van industry. Now, Kai, you've been in this industry a very short amount of time. Yep. What's your experiences in terms of what you've seen so far? So I think for me, the main thing that stands out with Dario is the quality of the workmanship. Um, we've had numerous, like, just so from, from me, from my perspective of kind of what I'm doing here, I'll kind of allude to that first because then yeah. it gives them the perspective that, I, that I've come in on is that I'm helping Dario create the content, uh, marketing strategy, and kind of a plan for going forward for, for Cosmic Campers. And so I'm doing a lot of videography and photography around um, customer vehicles. And I've seen a lot of vehicles that have come in um, where other workshops have worked on them and they've not been happy with the result and then as such been brought here. And that, yeah. that is, it's all about the quality of the workmanship and really caring about it and offering that, that quality service. Yeah, I think uh, that's that's becoming quite a regular occurrence now in our workshop. We're getting a lot of people that have had really bad work, so they come to us and we need to fix it. And it's it's I wouldn't say it's annoying, but it's, it's frustrating in some ways as well because there's obviously people out there that profiting from these these tactics and I don't agree with it. I think people should be, you know, we try to show people from the very start. I send people pictures every day and, you know, by hopefully working with Kai, what we can do is show people the day-to-day lifestyle in the in the workshop and also their vans. I think it will be a, a great way to show people what work they're doing on what we're doing on the vans in the in yeah. in a weekly vlog that we're releasing now on the YouTube. Um, and this will also be tied into all the other projects that we're doing. So yeah, uh, the, moving on from from that bit, we started the Cosmic Camper Vans here in 2017, and that was from based on my experiences back in New Zealand. And today, really, it's evolved into a completely different business that it did three years ago. So one thing to take away from this is that your business isn't going to be the same every day, or it's not going to be the same three years down the line, five years down the line. You've got to be constantly innovating, constantly changing your tactics, and adapting to the environment that you find yourself in, and you know. I don't think anyone knows better than yourself, Kai, how anything can just turn up as such as coronavirus oh, oh, and, and really uh, really affect business. So you've got to be really quick on the mark to to adapt. And that, I, I hold my hands up to you, Kai. You, you've really done that well. So fair play <laughs> Thank to you. you. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, it's, I mean, look at, you can pull out some really um, key examples of businesses not adapting. So Blockbuster, Blackberry, like people like that are just... If you go into this saying, right, this is my business model and this is what I'm going to stick with, mm-hmm. it might be successful for a while, but it won't be a, a future-proof project. Yeah. And it's kind of going into it with an open mind and saying, right, this is kind of what I want to do, but it might evolve in the future. And it's you constantly have to look at it to say, right, how can I make this better? How can I make this more profitable? How can I make it more streamlined? Yeah. Um, and it's all part of the course of running a business. Again, it's, it's, we go back to it's one of the main problems when people sell these... Uh, yeah. lifestyles to you that there, there isn't a kind of plan b there isn't they don't give you the ability to evolve and change um it's so just here it is go and do it 
one thing going back onto that question that you just spoke about about, about evolving and changing your businesses and, and the other businesses that have failed in the past. I know you're quite a, a petrol head like myself. <laughs> and yep. here's a question I want to pose to you. What is your opinion on these the car manufacturers right now uh, with the new introduction of, of Tesla and and electric cars coming into things? Because you're a petrol head like yeah. myself. But I'm starting, I don't know, I have to hate to admit it, but I'm starting to get a bit of a, a liking for electric cars. Yeah, you know, same. Uh, I, I mean, the, the, when when they first came around and we were introduced to things like the G-Wiz and, you know, I just wanted to kind of bury my head in the sand and be like, no, let's let's, you know, stick with five litre V8s for forever. <laughs> um, but it's, I mean, I think my, the, the first inkling of that they might be onto something was a Top Gear episode um, way back when they had uh, the Mercedes, I think it was the SLS series, and they also had the SLS electric. And at that time, I mean, this was years ago, the SLS is an old car. Um, they had, um, both of the cars go around the Top Gear track, and the, the electric car, even at that time, when it was such an early sort of electric model, it was still quicker than the petrol car. Yeah. And that was like, okay, they're not going to leave petrol heads and, and car enthusiasts behind. They're going to create these cars specifically for them. And now electric and hybrid cars are some of the fastest cars in the world. I mean, yeah. you can't look at McLaren P1, which is a hybrid, which yeah. is electric, and go, oh, yeah, it's boring. It's not for petrol heads. Porsche taken. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that, I mean, that, I, that I'd have one. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That car for me has been the, the game changer, in my opinion. Uh, although I am a great fan of Tesla and Elon Musk and his business, you know, um, there's no great fan. But the Porsche taking, I believe, in my opinion, is a statement from Porsche. It's a, it's a, it's a statement to Tesla to say, look, we're on the ball. You know, we're, we're developing. And so, so that goes back to these businesses. Are, which oh. car manufacturers uh, are actually adapting to this, yeah. this change? And it's inevitable. In my personal opinion, it's inevitable that these these changes are going to come to to the car manufacturing industry, and, yeah. and who's going to be the, the players and who do they adapt? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, I think Porsche is absolutely doing it the right way around. So I don't know how uh, many of you know this, but but Porsche recently acquired quite a large stake. I say recently, it was in the last couple of years of Remax, uh, and Remax one of the kind of that you you don't see many of their cars on the road. You don't see a lot of hype about them. They make some fantastic um, hypercars. I mean, no, no, no. Richard Hammond crashed one uh, a million miles an hour and almost killed himself. Um, so Remac, although they only have a couple of their own cars, they um, innovate and provide um, parts and all sorts of things for other electric car manufacturers. Right. And the fact that Porsche has contacted them and, and bought out a, a lot of their shares kind of indicates to me that they're going to be taking technology from Remac and putting it into their other cars. Yeah. And I mean, the, the cars that Remap made are, are incredible. So for me, that that kind of says to, that, that Porsche is going to be right up there in the next couple of years. Um, I'd, I'd say they're probably going to compete, be competing directly with Tesla. Yeah, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, that's, uh, I, I have to say I agree with you in some ways. Yeah, definitely. I think whoever the, the big car manufacturers, whoever get into this, are, are really going to lead the, the industry and, and profit from the change in, in the in the. I would say the lifestyle because one thing I, and I've always thought about this and I want to hear your opinion on it. Do you remember playing GTA? Yep. Playing GTA, <laughs> you know, when you get a car and then you all of a sudden you see loads of all them cars, you yep. know, you see that car they everywhere. Start spawning. Yeah. Well, it's the same kind of thing. You only saw a couple of Teslas and then you see other people get Teslas and then you think, well, actually I quite like that. And then you get a Tesla and then everyone else sees that car and they get a Tesla or electric car. And I think that's going to be the same effect like it is in GTA. You're going to get one of them cars and everyone's going to see that. It gets accepted socially. 
and eventually it's just going to be one of the things that is normal. It's, it's about affordability as well. I mean, look at the oh, yeah. Model 3, which has just come out, which is, is I mean, it's still expensive for your you know average person, but for, you know, what it is, it's, it's hugely cheap. And now give it a few years for them to come on the market secondhand. And then it's, it's going to be a um, choice where a lot of people can just go and buy one. I mean, if you're in the market for a, a brand new kind of middle of the range car, um, you for the same sort of budget probably could go and buy a, a secondhand Tesla. And I think it's going to get to the point where um, one of the main things that they've got is a problem with people not knowing how the electric cars are going to be in 10, 20, 30 years. And we don't know what they're going to be like on the secondhand market. I mean, are people at the moment kind of umming and ahhing about whether they want to buy a secondhand electric car because they don't know how long that technology is going to last. Mm. Whereas, you know, petrol engines, we know that you can buy an old Defender that's got 180,000 miles on and then go and put another 40,000, 50,000 miles on it and it will be fine. Will you be able to do that with an electric car? And I think as these cars get older and older, the, the the initial models and people have more faith in them that they're not just going to break down and the batteries aren't all going to die, then you'll see a lot more of them in the secondhand market. And then suddenly, well, hopefully, everyone will be on electric cars. I wonder if there will ever be an electric camper van. <laughs> there already is. They're, 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 they're doing the they're, electric already is. Uh, uh, e-transporter. Yeah. So I was at um, Goodwood Festival of Speed last year. And um, VW were there with their concept camper van, which was fully electric, and it looked beautiful. It looked right back to the kind of modernizing the 1960s one. It was like the, oh, is it the ID3 or something? Something like that. I can't remember the actual name of it, but it looked incredible when I sat in it. uh, I've seen that, actually, and it, it looks pretty cool. I'm I'm wondering if we can start to to wire up our electrics to the vent to the there vehicle. <laughs> Who knows what'll happen? But yeah, I think that's uh, something for the future. But it's great to hear what you what you thought on that because I know we're both petrol heads. And, oh, absolutely, yeah. To know what's going to happen. I mean, it's it's part of the drive. I mean, uh, this this comes on to kind of why are you in this? Uh, why why are you wanting to to start your own business journey? Like, I think a lot of people go into it for different reasons. Um, but I think kind of one of the overriding ones is the kind of lifestyle that it can offer. Um, both of us are, are in this for cars, I think. It's it's yeah. one of my driving forces behind why I want to start businesses is so I can afford the cars that I want. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm in the same position. You know, I put post up on Instagram not too long ago about visualizing goals. And, you know, I drove down to... Um, what is it? Um, Graypool. Graypool, that was it. Graypool in Nottingham. I looked at uh, an Ferrari one two Superfast, and that's what I want. That's why I work hard. You know, I, I, I just want to get to that. I'm an auto, uh, I'm a petrol head. I want that car, and that's why I'm working hard to get to that point. And I, I don't, uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. No, I think a lot not. of people think, oh, it's a materialistic thing. You know what? You know, it, it's a, for me, it's a sign of success. It's something I've always had a passion for, and it's something I enjoy. So why wouldn't I? Why it's, wouldn't I work hard for I that? Mean, for, for me, I don't like the the materialistic things with with nice and fast cars. It's it's experiential. You're you're buying something that gives you an experience. It's not just like you know, I'm buying this to look good. Yeah, yeah. I think people change their minds when they get inside. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they actually have a, a a bit of a ride in in a Ferrari. It's, it's a surreal feeling. Yeah. Absolutely, I always remember it from. It's from addictive, me. absolutely. So yeah, moving on from from yeah that, to try and, a bit of a try and yeah <laughs> vaguely get back on topic yeah. to what we were originally going to be kind of talking about today was the the starting point for entrepreneurs and kind of offering something that in in terms of some guidance and information that might help them along the way. So um, what I'd really want to do is get Dario to, to talk through kind of your inspiration and how you took just the idea for cosmic camper vans and made it into the business that it is today 
Okay, so the inspiration came from a lack of, how would you say, innovation in the industry that I was researching at the time. So <clears throat> I noticed that a lot of companies were doing the same things. You know, there's a one style, one, one size fits all conversions. And you still get that today. You know, you go to a company, they say, right, this is what you can do. You can have a plug socket, you can have a cigarette light, and you can have a USB charger. That's it. You can have it in red or blue. And uh, do you want a, 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 a big bed or do you want a small bed? You know, yeah. th that's the kind of things that they're offering. So I looked at what people's pain points were. And people like to go on a journey. They like to have uh, the experience of converting their yeah. camper van themselves. So we originally started out as, as a camper van conversion company with a bit of a young, younger style director at the, at the helm, obviously me, and you know, trying to do something a bit different, a bit cooler, and doing things online and social media and stuff. So that's where it started out. And today I've really transformed the business into being something that's a bit more custom for customers that are not only converting the vehicles themselves, but also wanting the, I want to say, the advice on how to do that a bit themselves. So yeah. right now, Cosmic Camper Vans has changed completely from, from a few years ago. So this has morphed into a business that is supporting self-built camper van conversions, in my opinion. I, I really approve of the, the idea of, of having the Instagram page for your van, having, yeah. uh, you know, having that little All about that. and photos. And people love that, you know, at it's, the end of the day. It's one of those things that I think... It, it's hugely important to people to do something themselves and to build something exactly how they want it. Um, I come from a background, obviously we've touched on the, the petrol head side of things, but I used to build track day cars. You know, I, I used to love getting a car, ripping it to shreds, sticking a roll cage bucket seats, pulling the engine apart. Like that was my bread and butter. That's what I love doing. And I think it's kind of, you know, now I'm maturing a little bit and <laughs> getting old. Um, that I, I can really see the appeal of doing a similar thing with a camper van that then allows me to go out and, and, Buying a camper van is not about owning a camper van. It's, it's about the experiences that it gives you. Yeah, and so being able to customize your van specifically for what you want to do with it, whether you want to go, you know, just relaxing holidays or if you want to go uh, mountain biking or kayaking and, and building it kind of around the concept of what you want to use it for. But then when you get to something like soaring a roof off of a, you know, £25,000 van, some people might be a bit iffy about doing it themselves. So absolutely specialize in offering those sort of services. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what, what you just said. It's about the experiences, like you said. So we're trying to create that experience where a customer can come here, they can have the most difficult part done for themselves, and then take it away, use some of our experience and our guidance, like I give to them every time they have a handover uh, from the YouTube videos and stuff that we're doing now, and let them basically know how to do it correctly the rest of the, the, rest of the journey themselves. Yeah. And the, the, you've, got, you've got the experience of building the camper van and then the experience of build uh, of, of taking it away and actually going on holiday uh wherever you're going to do wherever you're going to go basically so yeah so that's how cosmic camper vans has turned into today and uh, we've got four full-time staff now and they're really doing well uh, it's been quite a, a journey employing staff for me obviously i used to work in other places and i really wanted to the cosmic camper vans is totally different in, in employability because I took away the things that I hated from other businesses and I'm sure every single person can relate to this. You know, you've got a, an absolute prick of a boss or, <laughs> you know, colleagues that piss you off or something like that. And I think that means that you, you get sick of them environments. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've obviously, have you been in that Yeah, situation? no, exactly the same. And I think, again, it comes back to, it's one of the, the exact same reasons why entrepreneurs become entrepreneurs. I think a lot of people have tried working 
in you know larger businesses and just found that they can't it's one of those things i've never been able to get on in other jobs working for other people i don't like working for people in fact i won't work for people i will work with people regardless if i'm employed by them or if i'm contracted to them or if i'm working with them as a business partner i want to feel like i'm working with somebody rather than for them yeah and i think it's when businesses get larger and they get to a point where there's um middle management rather than directly working for the ceo that things become a problem so whenever i've worked directly with a ceo or a managing director of a business that relationship has usually been good because i can kind of understand them they're passionate about what they want and they're not typically dickheads because they've been through the exact same process and quite often you find the the, the managers of large businesses are kind of entrepreneurial on their own yeah and they can understand where you're coming from but the problem arises is when they grow to a point where they're allowing other people to then manage people and yeah. it's those middle managers that yeah. are career managers yeah. that have never run a business and they don't understand that passion behind them mm. that you'll find a lot of people start to disengage and you start to clash with them. And I think the same is for a lot of entrepreneurs. And uh, it's one of those things where I don't want to feel like a cog in the machine. I don't want to feel like I'm just making somebody else rich. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine, you know, in terms of working with other businesses and I work from a marketing and sales perspective. So, you know, looking at turnover and going, right, how can we increase that by X amount and then not reaping any sort of benefit of, of having done that? Yeah. Now, I, I recently read a book um, which basically confirms everything that you just said, and it was called How to Win Friends and Influence. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's uh, on my pile. <laughs> have you read it all? Yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I went through a phase of, of reading a book a day for about six months. I, I want to get into that. That's something I'm trying to do with this new routine in my life. So, yeah, definitely reading books is number one. Yeah. I think it's, it's one of those things that everyone needs to do. Everyone yeah. needs to read books. I, I'm terrible at it. I like to listen to audio books, I'll be honest with you. But I need. I, I was going reading through that book, and one thing that stood out to me, and I, uh, negativity in the workplace, how detrimental that can be. Oh, it spirals out of control if it's not Productivity, yep. you know, every single thing that is encompassed in your business can be affected by negative people in that, that, that circle of employees or colleagues. And taking them experiences that I had working at various businesses in the past, I wanted to make sure that my employees or my team around me never experienced that. Yeah, 100%. I'm very relaxed, as you can probably see yep. from, the, from, <laughs> from the few days that you've been here. Uh, I like to be relaxed. I like to give the guys a break, but I like them to have fun. But you know, equally, produce high-quality work and, uh, and a good work ethic. And I think the guys really enjoy that, that kind of style. And I, I think that's something that people should bring into their businesses. If yeah. your staff are happy, then they are going to obviously be happy and, and deliver a better product because they, that means they can go home. They're not upset when they get home. They're not yeah. get pissed off. They don't want to come home and say, oh, I don't want to go to work anymore. Yeah. So for me personally, I, I try to employ that, uh, that, that kind of style into my business. So, yeah. so going forward that's what we're going to be doing all the time you know and also sharing the sharing the the success of the business you know i mean you can, you're in a position where we can kind of try different things and see <clears> what happens <throat> yeah. um and, and kind of do the work on behalf of the people that are going to be tuning in listening to this and say you know have you got an idea for something well we can try it here as a test bed i mean, I mean look at how some of the most successful companies in the world manage their staff look at the way that google manages their staff look at the way netflix manages their staff where there is literally unlimited holiday yeah. Like yeah. you can choose the hours that you work and you'll find that, uh, I mean, a lot of people go, oh, you know, employees will just take the piss and never come in. Oh yeah. Then they're not productive and you can get rid of them. 
Like yeah. it doesn't work like that. People won't do that off their own volition. You generally find that people enjoy their work. They're very productive and giving unlimited holiday is an amazing thing. It means that people can be choose to be more productive in the time that they're there. So one of the main things I'm trying to get to is shortening my work week and working less hours per day, but being really, really, really productive within those hours. And I think there's been weeks where I've done far more in two or three days than working in a nine to five job in two weeks. I, I honestly think that coronavirus has changed the outlook on oh, working God, yeah. lifestyle right now. I mean, Google has now said any of their employees that have the capacity to work from home permanently can work from home permanently. Yeah. But do you think that productivity will, will decrease? Yes. <laughs> I, I, think I think that is... The, uh, yeah, at the moment, the problem is it's they're kind of in the, the you know honeymoon period of working at home. It's all new and exciting. But I think, Darry, you'll probably be in the same position as me, is when you run a business from home, you then can't escape it. So I've worked from home plenty of times before when starting a business is before I've had premises and you roll out of bed onto your work desk and yeah. you, you cannot get away from that. I've, I did it for myself three months before I started uh, my business uh, working for for a business selling uh, things over the phone. I hated it. Yeah. You, can't, you, can't, you can't distinguish your life from that. And I think that companies that allow staff to maybe work three days in the office and two days at home i think that's a perfect balance yeah that allows you to do then maybe a couple of days and it reduces your your cost getting into work yeah. traffic and the roads uh, i mean around derby around pride park you know before coronavirus gridlocked gridlock every single yeah. night it infuriates people you get angry that adds to this whole negativity and then it goes into the, this whole new understanding of of this new work-life balance and i think people are really starting to wake up to that yeah and i i applaud it really i applaud it i think i, I think be it's happy fantastic. because then your productivity increases and uh, you you're a happy person and you're not going to have negative thoughts and removing that negative energy around you for me is is really important it's a, a massive benefit for mental health as well which is i think something that i'd quite like to touch on is businesses are suddenly becoming much much more aware of mental health in the workplace than they were you know five years ago even yeah and kind of putting uh, things in place for uh, employees to, to make sure that they're happy in their, their own well-being, which I think will also massively increase productivity and, and happiness in the workplace. Because if you come in and you're happy and you know that your boss cares about you and that you're open to discuss your mental health, mm. then you're going to be much more open. And it, it just helps so much. I mean, I've previously been... Um, I won't say fired because it wasn't fired, but almost immediately made redundant for no other reason that I can think of because the contract literally just went for the same amount of money that I was being paid um, to an agency uh, because I brought up my mental health in the workplace. I think uh, I think in this day and age, was was that recently or how far uh, years ago? Three, three and a half years ago. Three and a half years ago. So it's quite recent. It's not, yeah. not relatively a long time ago. No. So it's Some so, businesses haven't caught up yet. No. I think they just didn't know how to handle... Like it, it could have been handled so much better, yeah. um, but they'd rather just choose to get rid of staff. And I think there's a lot of businesses now that are kind of waking up to that you can't just work like that. So how would you tell someone who's listening right now uh, that runs a business? How would you how would you advise them to deal with a situation like that with a, with a staff member that's dealing with? with so it's it's kind of a difficult issues. one because if it just happens, then you won't necessarily have the resources behind you. Um, one of the main things that I'd look to is online resources for employers. So the best example that I can give to kind of emulate is a, uh, Dario, you might've seen it for yourself in the automotive industry previously, um, is a charity called Ben. 
Um, and they provide basically anyone that's ever worked in the automotive trade, no matter if it was for a week or, or 30 years, um, if you can prove that you've worked for an automotive company, they will provide everything from financial support um, in terms of mentorship and guidance to mental health support, like everything that you can think of, they cover in a huge amount of depth. And not only is it a place where if you have uh, poor mental health, you can then go and contact yourself. They help provide give gui giving guidance to the employers themselves. And so what I would do from a uh, business owner point of view is to go and look at the sorts of things that they're doing and the way that they're working with employers and the employees and then kind of replicate it for themselves. Mm. So taking away from, from, from what you've, you've experienced already and, and learning that and implementing that in your business and then hopefully that using other people, other businesses or other charities to support that. Yeah, absolutely. That there, there are loads of other businesses out there whose sole job or charities as well is to provide the kind of support that is needed that uh, an employer might not be able to give themselves yeah. to uh, to employees, but they give the support on their behalf. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that's hugely important. I mean, it, it's one of those things where, you know, if someone came to me and, and started talking about their mental health and it was something that I uh, didn't really know much about from their, their own perspective, I'm not quite sure what I'd do in that situation. You know, yeah. it's something that I, if it was something I'd not been through previously myself. And it's one of those things where you kind of, it's hard to understand what they're going through yeah, if you've yeah, exactly. not been through it yourself. So it, it's one of those things where you might have to say, look, you know, hold five for a minute. Let, let me go and sort out my resource and then we'll have a meeting in a couple of days yeah. and we'll go through it properly. And it gives you time because I, I think a lot of people make rash decisions mm. and say things rashly that might not be the best. So it'd be better to go away, make some thoughtful research and then come back and be like, right, this is what we're going to do. Yeah, no, I think you're, you're right on the, on the mark there. Taking time to make decisions is is important in that aspect, but also refers back to a fundamental part of of a business. You know, not making rash decisions and ensuring that you're taking your business decisions with with a, a big amount of thought and research behind anything that's substantial to it. Yeah. Uh, and that goes back into something like a business plan. Yeah, uh, a business plan. Uh, a lot of people ask me, and uh, and again, I had a business plan when I started my business. It, it, you have to put a lot of thought into it. You have to put some time into that and really think about every possible equation, every possible outcome, every possible investment, every possible penny that you can spend. And that's all all part of these these, these decisions you have to make as, a, as an entrepreneur or a business owner. So yeah, I've, I've found that quite a lot, uh, taking time to make decisions and learning to say no as well. Learning to say no has been one of the biggest things that I could, I could possibly advise. Yeah. Uh, since I've started saying no to people, I found myself in a much better position. Have you found that you've got more work? Yeah, because you you end up spending so much time on shitty negative clients that you don't want, that you then either can't deal with or you don't notice the good clients that will yeah. give you repeat business. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I can one hundred percent say that since I've started to say no to people, that my life has improved, and that's not just in business, in no. in, in social and and friendship and you, you, your social circle. You know. Moving negative people from the social circle is, for me, in the past three months, six months has been fantastic. I've, I've, I've removed all the the people who just nattering in the air. You get, you get so many people when you're starting a business or anything, and you're doing something different that they don't enjoy, or don't agree with. They're gonna just put a downside to it. And I, yeah. I just got to the point where I said, I can't uh, with until you start anymore. becoming successful, exactly. and then they want something to do exactly, with you again. Yeah. Oh my god! So, uh, my uh, previous partner from a relationship uh, a few years ago. 
um, when I started my first like proper business, um, her parents quite regularly used to say, oh, you know, why don't you just pack it in and get a proper job? Mm-hmm. And then literally the moment we started turning over a load of money again, bringing on big clients and, and employing staff, <laughs> she's like, oh, you know, we, we're, we're so proud of Kai. Look at what he's doing. This business that he's running like, you know, six months ago, you were telling me to pack it in because it was shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Are you yeah. alright there? <laughs> <clears throat> Try and drink water on a podcast with a camera on you and I'm just there like choking. <clears throat> I'm not an easy feat, guys. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I think you're completely... I, I can resonate with that and I can, and I think a lot of people, whenever they make a big decision, they, get, they ask their parents, they ask their family members and that's not the right way to go all the no, time. So you, 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 can ask, you can ask parents for advice in, in certain aspects but everything always takes Everything with a pinch of salt, uh, with a grain of salt, because they're emotionally attached. That's yeah. the problem. They don't want things to happen to you. You know, always ask a mentor. Yeah. You know, a Kai for me, guys, at the moment is is you're kind of like a mentor and a business partner and a partner in in various different projects. But and I guess really for a mentor as well, because you've got more experience in areas that I don't have. And I think that's another aspect as well, getting people that you employing people or, or teaming up with people in areas that you're not good at and sticking to what you yeah. are good at. But I find sk- people with skill sets that are, are complementary to yourself. Yeah, exactly. So from there, I guess where do, where do we go back onto, onto where we was before? We, 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 this <laughs> I, I think with, with this podcast, it's going to be all over the place. So rather than, <laughs> let, let, in fact, I'm going to close this laptop right now yeah. with the things that we were going to talk about. And we're just going to, I think, just go off on, on a few different tangents and have some fun. Um, so I think one of the things that we, since we're talking about mentorship that I kind of want to go into is finding a mentor. So I think there's a lot of people that, okay, say, you know, I'm, I'm going to start a business and they are diligent enough to, to read some books and do some research and they get to a point where they decide that they're going to find a mentor. Um, a lot of people literally go onto like LinkedIn or, or networking things and drop people messages like, will you mentor me? And I I think that's a hugely sort of ineffective way to do it and it can be quite rude sometimes because they're assuming that you've got the time to come and you know give it to somebody for free Mm. and there are just so many better ways of doing it so one of the things i quite like to talk about is is how to do it properly since there's a a blog just gone on your website that (laughs) tells people uh, about how to to get a mentor and so i think that there's a couple of different ways that you can do it the first one um that i did that got me a mentor for a little while um was i literally dropped someone an email um it was on linkedin um, but I, rather than emailing him and asking him to, to mentor me, um, I said that, you know, I'm getting into this industry that you've got a huge amount of experience in. Can I treat you to lunch sometime and just ask you a bunch of questions? Um, and from that, he was like, yeah, okay, go for it. I'll give you your lunchtime. Um, I'll come down, have a chat. And it kind of, if anyone wants to buy me lunch, yeah. <laughs> yeah, take this advice yeah. because I, I love steak and I love uh, Seven and Pride Park. So, yeah. Was it Seven? <laughs> that was legit where it was. Uh, seven, really? Yeah. yeah. I went there yesterday for a business meeting. It's, Fantastic. It's a lovely restaurant. Great I for used, business lunch. So, so hilariously, going on from that, I then ended up meeting this person at Seven every week um, <laughs> on a, a Monday afternoon to go and have lunch with him um, and learn a huge amount. But it started off as uh, formal uh, and well-organized, but it it's all about, you don't want commitment to start off with. Yeah. You want to build something naturally and then make it kind of a relationship that works for both of you. So um, for his time, I helped him with something that he couldn't do, which was marketing and, and web design. So 
um, I helped him build a website for another one of his projects in exchange for giving me his time. Yeah. And it's it's about that. What are you going to bring to the party that someone else, you know, that you, so they're not working for free. It's a, a mutual agreement, basically. Yeah. I mean, every, every, I mean, in the end of the day, everyone wants something out of, out of everyone. You know, everyone's looking out for themselves. But these mentors, they do help you out. Yeah. And for me personally, if I enjoy helping people out in, in business or anything that I can do. But if they can return something, that always makes it more pleasurable. The, the, yeah. you know, the, the whole relationship between you and the... the, the oh, it's the beneficial mentor. for everyone. Yeah, exactly. So if you can sort, you know, sort them a deal out, it depends on what the trade they're in and what kind of business they're in. So if you if you can help each other out, then why not? It makes it a much more uh, a pleasurable experience, I guess, between the two of you. Yeah. So yeah, back onto the mentor, mentor bit. So you spoke about how to find a mentor and yeah. you you spoke about your, your yeah position. so so yeah reaching out on linkedin was one um and then networking is uh, another fantastic opportunity because you can meet people in person um without having to reach out for them without having to um specifically get their time to come to you um so i did uh, there's a fantastic networking group in nottingham called rsvip um which is uh, some of the, the the top kind of business directors from around nottinghamshire uh, i used to go to that regularly and I ended up meeting a few people there um, that I went on to become very good friends with. And we all kind of mentored each other in different areas as a, as a group of friends, uh, which was absolutely fantastic to the point where, um, you know, we'd, we'd meet up um, on every every couple of weeks just to go through what everyone else was doing. Um, people would bring loads of different ideas to the table uh, and then we'd go away and never do any of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um and it just kind of went from there, but it, it, it the long-lasting friendships made it to a point where we weren't even thinking about each other being mentors. We just were. So yeah. I've I've got people on my phone that I can literally just ring up and and run a business idea past, which is fantastic. And it's I think even people right at the start of the journeys, they need to get something like that in place. So when they have these big decisions that they've got to make, yeah, they can get an unbiased and realistic look at it. I, I what you just said there is golden advice. If you Thanks. ask, if you ask someone who's experienced in a business or experience, if you've got a big business decision to make, then don't ask your friends, don't ask your mom, don't ask your, your dad, don't ask it. You've got to ask someone who's a non-biased opinion, someone who's outside is going to tell you a real answer. Someone, even if it's not a nice answer, and you've got to hear the negative part. For me, it's the risk. So it's uh, every question or every decision that you make has to uh, has an inherent amount of risk in it. Am I going to do this thing? Am I not going to do this thing? And if you ask people that care about you from like a friends and family point of view, they will inherently push you down the less risky option. I mean, parents certainly do. They won't want you to take risks because they feel responsible for you in the same way that friends often do. Whereas a business, an actual business mentor that's got the experience in it, can weigh it from a neutral position and say, if you take the risk, this is achievable. Can I offset the risk by doing X, Y, and Z to you know make sure that you've got a backup plan? And they can look at it from that perspective without the kind of overhanging, you know, we must protect this person. Yeah, no, that that for me, the the risk behind it is all a calculation. Yeah, obviously it's a calculation, and business people, entrepreneurs are inherently. <clears throat> you know, natural um, risk adverse risk, risk takers. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, God, yeah. if anyone, anyone who knows me knows I'm a risk taker. You know, I take big risks, whether it be business, um, unfortunately, other things as well. But 
uh, yeah, it's 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 all about taking risks as well and having that person who can support you with a with a neutral, unbiased uh, opinion on what your idea is can be so beneficial. And that goes again back into having a mentor, telling you, uh, speaking, having that someone to speak to. And I wish I'd have had that when I started my business. I mean, I've obviously had family, and, and I go back and tell you, I do, don't always take advice from them. There's points where I've just not listened to to anyone what they've told me and just carried on with my own ideas. But I've also spoken to people who who have had experience and people who are in your industry as well are great to. But make sure that they've not got um, I would say their their goals are the same as yours because then they might tell you a, a wrong answer or, or the yeah. wrong way to do something and get you in trouble because at the end of the day they might be looking out for themselves so try and find someone who can help you and, and that really goes back on to having a mentor so yeah. when you started your very first business did you have a mentor no no <laughs> wait 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 are we talking about my very first business because my very first business was a business called uh Tumblr's impressions which i set up with my uh mum and my stepdad when i was that is a dangerous cocktail oh mate don't never ever 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 do that it legit ended up with me moving out that was it (laughs) that's never a good outcome of a business no what are your business goals move out yeah so no i didn't have a mentor at all and that business did not last because there was just so much kind of horrible emotional entanglement where oh it was just it was just bizarre never do it so my first proper business was my marketing agency. And yes, absolutely. I had a mentor and it was fantastic. So um, lucky enough for people in the UK, um, not so lucky if you're abroad. I don't know. I mean, there might be similar uh, schemes and, and things available to you. Uh, but here in the UK, we've got something called the Prince's Trust, uh, which is a charity. It's a fantastic charity aimed at specifically at helping young entrepreneurs start their first business. And the Prince's Trust have something called this uh, an enterprise scheme which is where you do a a two-day business course, which I would recommend to absolutely everybody. I think we'll do a separate podcast. Not not just, let's just say this. Kai's not recommending the, uh, Kai's not recommending the Princess Trust just for the, the, the knowledge you'll gain out of it, he's recommending it, and I know for a fact he's recommending it for the laughs, and the, <laughs> the, 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 the comedy no. that you'll receive from that week course that you'll go on. Oh my God. Trust me, when I do this on another podcast, I've got to bring James in for this one because yeah. you know he was there with me on the week that I went. And I can guarantee you that you will have the funniest week of your life. It's completely free. You'll learn loads of things about business. Yeah, they'll give you some fantastic learning. templates yep. and you'll be able to laugh at more or less, maybe, you know, 80, 90% of everyone else there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I've been on it twice, uh, once once myself. Did you go the second time for the laughs or because you actually didn't learn anything <laughs> no, from no, the no. first time? I went for the laughs. <laughs> no, the, the second time I took my uh, my better half, my girlfriend with me um, because we started a business together and I thought it'd be a fantastic opportunity for her to kind of get the basics yeah. of, of business. And no, we had a whale of a time. It yeah. was it was genuinely hilarious. Anyway, but the, 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 we'll cover this in another podcast because <laughs> yeah, we've got we've both got so many stories from yeah. Mad Princess Trust stuff. Um, but if you go down the Princess Trust route, you complete the um, enterprise course, um, and then you work with them to develop a business plan. And at the end of it, um, you can choose not to, um, or you can get a loan with them. So their loans go up to uh, £5,000 and they're always, you know, fantastic interest, really, really low and just small administrative fees. Um, but the main thing, the main thing about the Princess Trust is that as part of completing that and getting the loan, 
they give you a mentor for the first it's either one or two years of your business uh, being up and running and honestly with the, with their mentors they do not fuck around so my mentor uh, was one of the directors of Experian uh, wow. Experian is a massive i think well Definitely several hundred million turnover, maybe billion. I'm not sure. I need to double check into it. But Experian they're based are, in Nottingham. Yeah, they're based in Nottingham. They are huge. So I had one of the, the, the directors of Experian as my mentor uh, for the first year or so of my, my project being live. And that was, you know, it was just fantastic. Absolutely you, you, fantastic. If you went to, if you, if you were starting a business and you wanted to pay for someone like that of that caliber <laughs> to come and mentor you, you'd be charged. I mean, £400 an hour. At least. At yeah. least, if not more. So that's what, what that's one of the main benefits you can get from yeah. Mentors Trust. And it's an invaluable information, invaluable knowledge that you can gain as you're starting out. And it's very much suited to younger people who are, who have got an idea, or they might not even have an idea, but they just need something to push them along yeah. and just gain some knowledge. You know, at the end of the day, it's, it's a week's course that doesn't cost anything. No. Why would you not go on it? You know, it's it's just it's tip for laughs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So the the Princess Trust is as a resource for for anyone who's who's starting that out. Yeah. But there is other schemes and other grants, and there's a lot of things going on right now in in the UK. Obviously, with coronavirus, there's a lot of things out there to help you out if you do want to start any kind of business, um, whether it be automobiles or you know hairdressing, anything like that. Any anyone that's listening in, if you <clears throat> if you are listening and you do want to chat to either of us about this, then please do send us a message. We'd love to reply to it. And if you've got any other subjects on this kind of stuff that you want to talk about, then we'd love to have some some kind of submission from you. And if you'd like to to have some advice, then please do because I I like I'd like to be a mentor. Yeah, you know, so I'd like to to mentor someone. My my long term long term business goal is to basically set up a organization like the Prince's Trust, where we mentor and and help fund young entrepreneurs. That that's where I absolutely want to be. Yeah. And how many years do you think that you? I mean, me ten. 10, ten years. years to get to that point. How old are you now? Uh, thirty-one. Yeah. I'd like to do it by the time I'm forty to get to the point where I'm helping young young entrepreneurs get to where they want to be. That that's my goal. I mean, to be fair, this this whole project is a fantastic resource for that. It's just getting to the point where we can help financially as well as from a content and resource point of view. Yeah, that that's my the main goal of the DQP is exactly pretty much what you just said there to be able to show people what I've done and then that means that you can believe that it's doable because I'm nothing special no. at the end of the day I'm just no, a same. young kid from Chelsea in Derby who's who's gone for education and then didn't go to six I went to sixth form didn't go to a, a university and decided to make something for myself through hard work and um, just basically research and just put myself out there so if you're in the same position I uh, know I was in the in the position when I left sixth form I didn't really know what to do and I just carried on from there, do you know? So it is possible. So the the DQP project again is to show people that that you, that you can do it and motivate people to do that and help yeah. the younger people because a lot of people I feel around the age of eighteen they're leaving six and they don't know whether to go to university, yeah. don't know whether to go don't. to. <laughs> well, that's a subjective for another one. Yeah, that's another one. It depends what you're studying. If you're going to be like a medical professional or something like that, you course, the, yeah, yeah, then of course, yeah. then that's normal. You've got to go to university, that kind of stuff. But yeah, if you if if you get in you're in that position, you're feeling lost. Maybe then you want to have someone that you can look up to, and that's what I want to create. Yeah, show people that it's possible, and but not not just show them that it is possible, to show them how. Yeah, all the way through. I mean, it's like one of the main points on the website is in real time. Yeah, like every single thing that like we've recorded videos so far that aren't live yet of things going wrong, and then we'll look at how to overcome it. Yeah, absolutely, because (laughs) things go wrong every bloody day. It's just part of business. Yeah. 
and you've got to really to I'm, I'm quite bad for this i have to i have to admit i get quite angry yep um very well, I'm, I'm italian <laughs> i'm, I'm hot tempered and i've got my dad's oh shouted at me the other day for kicking over one of our barrels in anger <laughs> what, what went wrong because i've never seen you get angry so oh no um i can't even remember it was at the end of like a 14 hour shoot and something was going wrong i can't remember what it was <laughs> i feel like if that was after the day that we were doing the video shoot in the van i think that uh, yeah just a, no it was a, it yeah. was after that yes Let's not talk about that. I <laughs> seems it's just that negative energy. Some things go wrong. You've just got to really try to... Uh, uh, that, for me personally, is something I'm trying to overcome, trying yeah. to really get past that that stage of of working around that. So that will maybe be something we can look into on the, on the future podcast. Um, but for now, uh, I really hope you've enjoyed listening to the whole first podcast. I know it's been all over the place. Just us rambling, but I think there's been a couple <laughs> of, of golden bits in there. Yeah, we we will make, try to make it a bit better. Bit if there's anything that you guys want us to, to talk about in the future, you want to ask us questions, what are you going for at the moment, then please do just send us an email, send us a comment on the YouTube. This is going to be released on YouTube, Spotify. What else is going on, Kai? Um, it's going to be YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, like anywhere that does podcasts, it'll yeah. be on there. Fantastic, yeah. So find some way to contact us, uh, contact us through, and uh, yeah, we'll get on to on to the next one. I've got a few interesting topics to speak about in the next few th- few podcasts coming up. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Dario Quacarelli. Uh, so it's Dario underscore Quacarelli. Just search Dario. Spell that. <laughs> D-A-R-I-O underscore Q-U-A-C-Q-U-A-R-E-L-L-I. Don't know how many times I had to do that in school. I think we need to just show on it. Uh, yeah. Just DQ project yeah, on well, everything. I'm going to need to find something about that. But yeah, yeah. Um, please feel free to follow me. If you want to follow follow Kai, what's your, what's your tag? Uh, so I don't have my own personal stuff live yet. So you can follow uh, either of my businesses. Um, there's at Tank Space Official on Facebook, Instagram uh youtube uh at mermaid cove official on facebook instagram youtube um and that's it for now awesome thanks for listening guys i really hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you on the next episode thank you